Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. Today we'd like to point you to friend of the show Mike Garley's amazing new Kickstarter campaign for his horror comic book sensation Samurai Slasher. Mike is collecting the Samurai Slasher trilogy of comic books that's over 250 pages featuring new stories and artwork from some of the world's best comic book creators today. If you're a fan of Jason Voorhees or Michael Myers and you also like Samurais you should check out Samurai Slasher. The link will be in the show notes, but you can simply go to kickstarter.com and search Samurai Slasher. Today's episode is The Darkness Below, written by Hannah Mariska and narrated by Jasmine Arch. Head west another half mile and go down as deep as you can. That's where it was. I let out a shaky breath and watched the video feed as Robin descended through the light-pierced waters. With each passing second, his view became more and more different. Dark shapes swam past in the distance as he kicked his way over the edge of a rocky shelf and into darker water. Now that I was pregnant and couldn't go diving with him, I found dives nervy. Watching him disappear underwater, just me and the bump left alone on deck. I wished I could be down there with him. I felt useless up here. I shook myself. It was anticipation I was feeling. The hope of finding something new, undiscovered for thousands of years. Through the boat's window was an endless expanse of blue-green. 
our location was idyllic, water gently rocking the boat. We were miles from the Greek coastline, the nearest island not even visible on the horizon. It felt like we could have been the only two people in the world. Right you are. Air bubbles hissed through the speaker as his breathing increased. I hoped it was just him getting excited. As soon as we had heard there had been an earthquake on this part of the coastline, we'd packed our gear into the boat and headed straight here. We both knew the old legends, the tales of a sunken city, lost riches. A world gone in the blink of an eye. The depth measure climbed, pinging as it reached a new marker. 50 feet below sea level. 60 feet. It's beautiful. So peaceful down here. See anything on the camera? Just a few fish. I'm not picking anything else up yet. I scanned the video again. The vast blue darkness. Yes, it looked peaceful, but I knew how cold it was down there, how empty it could feel. But it wasn't. That's what fascinated us both about the sea. How much life was hidden down there? The counter on the depth measure kept climbing. 80 feet. 90 feet. 100 feet. He was descending too quickly. I felt my pulse jump. Take it slow now, Robin. You don't want to get the nitronarks. It was easy in the moment to forget how quickly diving could become dangerous. I know, I know. The depth measure slowed. I wished again that I was down there with him. Swimming together, I could hold him back a little, restrain his eagerness. I knew how he'd be feeling right now. The adrenaline pumping through his body. I wiped my hands on my shorts. I was getting excited and I wasn't even in the water. I checked the map and then Robin's location. You're about a hundred yards from the epicenter. Can you make anything out? Nothing unusual. The seabed was irregular, full of ridges and cliffs and pocketed with caves. Skeletal trees appeared out of dark crevices. There were probably all kinds of fish lurking in the darkness. Like moray eels. I shuddered. I hated their long, undulating bodies. Robin's voice crackled through the speaker. Wait. I see... Red. There, cut along the floor of the seabed below him, was a line of glowing red. Lava, still bubbling up out from under the Earth's crust. He swam closer, his breathing getting quicker. I'm going down further. I want to see if I can find anything. The monitor pinged as he swam deeper. As he got closer to it, I could see the fiery glow of lava wasn't coming from a long, thin crack like I'd first thought. It was much further away, further down inside a gigantic rip in the Earth's crust. The earthquake had created a bigger cut in the seabed than I'd imagined. Anna? Anna, are you seeing this? Robin was swimming along the newly formed ridge, black from the cooled lava. Into it, like he was swimming through a series of hellish underwater mountains. Ridges looming dark to either side, and below him the jagged rocky valley continued until it was too dark to see any further. Ahead, slow bubbles of air floated upward towards the surface, like giant crystal balls. Robin headed towards them. They were coming out of a large crack in the earth. 
most likely leading to an underwater cavern. I'm going in. I nodded, then realised Robin couldn't see. Okay. I was thrilled. Beyond thrilled. We would be the first to see inside these underwater caverns, revealed by the shift in the landmass from the quake. Robin entered a tunnel that sloped down into a complete and abysmal darkness. There was a crackle and the camera blacked out. Robin, I've lost you. Can you hear me? There was only empty silence from the speaker. Panic shot up my spine. I turned the volume dial. It was at its fullest. Checked the video again. Nothing. Robin? Robin? I pounded my fist on the console. Sweat dripped down my back. What had happened? We double, triple checked everything before he went into the water. My heart pounded in my chest. Was it a technical glitch or was it something else? Something worse? I pounded the console again, willing it to come back to life. Robin! I found... something. I laughed as I breathed out, relieved that everything was okay. (laughs) The camera came back to life and I could see that Robin was in a huge underwater cavern with stalagmites and stalactites of pitch black lava reaching out from the ceiling and floor at the entrance. Robin swam around them, towards a wide open space, fallen shapes on the bottom glinting in his torchlight. As he got closer, I could see there were sections of stone pillars, shapes and patterns carved out along their lengths. Beyond the light, along the outside of the cavern, were a series of pillars still standing. Robin continued over the rubble of fallen pillars to the centre of the space, where stones had been built into steps down like an inverse pyramid. The very bottom was in darkness. Anna? Are you getting this? It's amazing. I think it could be- I know. I think so too. We'd been diving these waters on and off for the past ten years together. Everyone telling us we were crazy to keep thinking there would be a lost civilization hidden in the bowels of the earth. They were wrong. Because we had just discovered it. Can you find some more carvings? I looked closer at a still picture I'd taken of the pillars. None of the symbols looked like anything I'd ever seen before. They weren't Greek or Roman, or even like letters. The rough carvings looked more Egyptian in style, yet somehow distorted. I felt another swell of excitement, imagining how old the city here must be. The depicted men looked primordial, with something like webbed feet. Images of fish and octopus and eels surrounded them. Robin swam further into the dark, the torchlight showing hideous shapes rising out of the abyss. He stopped by a long flat shape, too uniform not to be man-made, and wiped at the surface, momentarily obscuring the camera with floating bits of debris and sand. When the water settled, I could see a stone block, smooth white in the darkness. It was coffin-like in its size. All along its sides and top, it was carved with the same symbols as well as a series of images of men. On the front side were symbols for what might be the sun at the top, then water with fish and eels, and, most disturbingly, were the unrecognisable symbols of hideous creatures squatting below all the others. Long, etched lines reached up from the biggest, bottommost creature and into the men above. A fresco on another side revealed men bent in reverence, worshipping a larger figure, neither man nor marine creature. And, on the short side, men were at the mercy of the creature's long tentacled arms, limbs ripped from bodies in a final hideous drawing. What do you think the drawings mean? Not sure. 
Robin, eager to keep exploring, swam on. Something long and dark moved past at the edge of the camera's vision. Was that an eel? I shuddered again. I leant closer to the screen, trying to pick out details of what must be an immense space underwater. And miraculously, almost all of it still intact. On the opposite side of the pyramid that sank down into nothingness was a colossal sculpture, 20, maybe 30 feet tall, resembling the giant creature carved in the stone pictures. There were grotesque, bulbous eyes, fat lips, and a multitude of long arms that snaked out into the abyss below. Excitement bled into fear and I was suddenly worried about Robin being there on his own. Robin, do you think you should come back now? Anna, this is amazing. No one has seen this for thousands of years. Something dark moved on the camera. Robin, please. He swam out over the edge of the sunken pyramid towards the statue. Shit! What was that? Bubbles fizzed along the edges of the camera as Robin jerked in the water. His breath hitched in and out rapidly. What's happening, Robin? Talk to me. <laughs> Something touched my leg. What do you mean, touched? He continued to laugh. I'm okay. It must have just been an eel. You need to take nice, slow breaths, Robin. The camera moved from side to side as he searched the darkness. How long had he been down there? I checked the clock. Thirty minutes had already passed. I think it's time you came back up. We have twenty minutes left of oxygen, but I want to take it nice and slow. Robin was still swimming further into the cavern. Sure, I'll be one minute. I think I can see something. I checked the camera. Ghostly particles floated across the grey screen. It was so dark it was as if all colour was drained from the image. I don't see anything. Robin? There. Did you see that? Something slid across the screen in the darkness. I couldn't be sure what. I don't know. I can hear it. It's talking to me. I froze. Did he say... I shook my head. What? Who's talking to you? The speaker crackled, cutting off Robin's words. It's me, telling me to join it. Going to go. My pulse was racing. A cold sweat broke out across my back. The baby kicked as if it could feel the panic too. Robin, I need you to start ascending. Please, I'm worried you're getting the knocks. That's what's worrying me. Robin knew the symptoms of breathing too much nitrogen were impaired judgement, lack of concentration, a feeling of euphoria. We'd done enough dives together that he should recognise the feeling. There. It just swam past. Did you see it? I scanned the camera. There was nothing. Robin, I can't see anything. I need you to ascend. Now! On the camera, the darkness seemed to move, expand outwards towards Robin, as if something, big, gigantic even, was passing or ascending from the pyramid towards him. Bubbles filled the camera and darkness obscured the lens. Robin? What's happening? 
His speaker crackled with a strange noise. I froze. It was whale-like, but different. A long, resonating noise. A shiver crawled down my spine and chills racked through my body despite the heat. It was as if there were words in the noise. Words in a strange language. That couldn't be right. I twisted the knobs on the speaker. There must be interference. The sound hissed off then back on. The noise had stopped. I'm joining it. I stood up from my chair. Something was wrong. Very wrong. I'm taking the mask off. What? Robin, stop. Why would you do that? I grabbed the camera as if I could stop him from up on the boat. There was a loud crack on the speaker, and then fizzing. I heard Robin's voice as if far away. Robin! Robin! Can you hear me? I need you to ascend now. I stood, hands gripping the console. On the screen, the camera swirled as it dropped, its light showing a spiral of grainy water. The speaker gurgled and popped. Then the boat rocked and shuddered, water thrashing against the sides of the boat. I held onto the console with one hand, another protectively, instinctively braced across my stomach. Was that another earthquake? The camera went dead. The speaker, too. I spent the rest of the day calling Robin's name into the microphone, waiting for him to appear. The sun set, and he still hadn't surfaced. It was as if he just disappeared. That was the last I heard of Robin. He never got to see our baby girl. I pulled on my wetsuit. It was my turn now. I was going down there, where Robin had gone a year ago. I could only hope I would find him. Find something down there. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. The Darkness Below was written by Hannah Mariska, narrated by Jasmine Arch, edited by Carl Hughes, with music by Chris Zabriskie and Tom Robson. The sound effects provided by freesound.org. The episode illustration is provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. Hannah Mariska is a Welsh writer living in London. You can find her on Instagram at, at Hannah Mariska, and that's Hannah spelled H-A-N-N-A-H. Jasmine Arch is a writer, poet, narrator, podcaster and all-round chaos for brains. She lives in a nook of Belgian countryside with two horses, four dogs and a husband who knows better than to distract her when she's writing. Her work has appeared or is forthcoming in the other stories, newmyths.com and hybrid fiction among others. Check out more of her work at jasminearch.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can help support the show over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. You can join our book club, movie club and writing exercises over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash hawk and cleaver. T-shirts and mugs and posters and comic books are available at gumroad.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. Also, you can get help with your short stories and your podcast by heading to theotherstories.net forward slash services. 
The Other Stories is a production of the Story Studio Hawk and Cleaver and is brought to you with Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. Until next time. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops, if we're stopping to get gas. You will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.